0: Thank you for joining me. Turn to Genesis chapter 6. In this chapter, we will cover the corruption of mankind. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 6 and read along.
1: Genesis 6. When men began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man for ever, for he is mortal. His days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of men and had children by them, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made men on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals, and creatures that move along the ground, and birds of the air. For I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So, make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Make a roof for it, and finish the ark to within 18 inches of the top put a door on the side of the ark, and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I am going to bring flood waters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him.
0: Now we see that the population of mankind has exploded uh, from the time uh, from Adam being on the earth. Until now, we start with verse one of Genesis six, which says, now it came about when men began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to men. Uh I believe that they that uh that Moses started out this chapter out this way to kinda let you uh give you a backdrop in the way of uh what's going on when it talks about uh, daughters being born to men. For the most part we've seen uh genealogies and in most of the genealogies it tells you about the firstborn son here, lets you know that also daughters were born unto men. Moving to verse two. Uh, verse two says that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. Uh, my belief is that uh, these were human men, uh, not angels, because Hebrew word 1121 means sons or uh, grandsons, although some believe these to be angels. I'm going to stop and touch that on a minute. Uh, who are the ones that people believe to be angels where where it says sons of God? There are some out there who uh, believe in the theory that the angels came and procreated with humans. And when it says sons of God, this is what it's referring to. But according to the Hebrew word, uh, we can tell that this does not mean angels. So we have to um, believe that this uh, right here means human beings. Verse three, the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever because he also is flesh nevertheless his days shall be 120 years by flesh the lord meant that man is sinful also too, uh the lord when he said that his days will be 120 years not his lifespan is 120 years but that was the time until god sent the flood now when i was a a younger believer i always thought that meant that man's days will be 120 years in other words that from this point on no man will live longer than 120 years but as you read into the scriptures from this point on you will notice that there were still some people living past that time now there were no more methuselahs and and guys from uh Uh, That part of Adam's line that led four, five, seven, nine hundred years. But the hundred and twenty years after I study more, uh, I realized that the Lord meant until he brought the flood. Verse four, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came to the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown. Hebrew word 5303 Nephilim means fallen ones, i.e. giants. Now, I also want to read uh, this same verse out of two uh, other translations. Now, remember, I'm uh, generally always uh, not generally. I'm always reading out of the New American Standard unless uh, I mention otherwise. This being one of those times, I am going to read this out of two more versions verse 4 so maybe we can understand it a little bit better let's read it out of uh, the KJV version and it came to pass I'm sorry back down to verse 4 I'm not going to read the first three verses again there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bore children to them the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown I also would like to read this out of the Young's uh, literal translation to give it maybe a little more clarity. The fallen ones were in the earth in those days. And even afterwards, when sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they have born to them, they are the heroes who from of old are the men of name. All right. Now I'm going to go back to the uh, new American standard okay, the word for mighty and men uh means the same thing men of strength men of old hebrew word fifty seven sixty nine means long duration everlasting men of renown hebrew word five eighty two in a she this is a mortal uh differing from more from the more dignified Hebrew 120. Remember 120 uh is the Hebrew word for man or which actually meant mankind. Now, according to the uh the best of my knowledge, I calculated that this was about 514 years after the death of Seth uh that the flood had came. Let's talk about a few different theories. Theory number 1 is these were fallen angels who had mated with human women. Well, I mentioned uh, in the previous verse that that is not what I agree with. But there are those who that's what they believe, because it says that they came, that the sons of God came unto the daughters of men and had children. Instead of it saying men uh, got with uh, daughters and had children. It kind of specifically pointed out that these were sons of God. Now, this also makes me want to uh, I need to revisit uh Satan being Cain's father. In uh a few chapters back, uh I've mentioned that there are some who believe that uh Cain is literally that Satan I'm sorry is literally Cain's father, even though the Bible tells us that Adam was his father. And there are those who believe that theory because of the fact that uh Cain had evil in his heart and he rose up and he killed his brother. Also it goes back to those who uh who who, who, who uh, based the theory off the fact that it said that when Eve said that she was beguiled by the serpent and that meant wholly seduced. So there are those who believe that, uh, that that meant that, uh, Satan had Eve first and then Adam came and they kind of, uh, uh you know basically uh Eve uh had it was would have been ovulated and two of her sacks were fertilized at the at the very same time by different fathers. But I would like to cross reference a couple of uh different points of view here. Go to the New Testament and turn to Matthew uh chapter twenty-two Math, Matthew chapter twenty-two and I want to read verse I want verse thirty Matthew 22, verse 30, which says. And the reason I'm reading this is is because I'm trying to make the point that Satan, who was an angel, even though at this point he's a fallen angel, there was no way he could have made it with a human woman. Matthew twenty two thirty, For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. OK, and uh, keep your finger in Matthew and go back to. Chapter, uh, and go back to chapter four, okay. Matthew 4 1, and he reads Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, remember. Matthew chapter four, this is when Jesus was actually on the earth in a human body. But what does it say? It says that he was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Well, why do you think that is? Well, because the devil doesn't have a human body. The devil is a spirit. The only angels who can come to this earth in a human body are those that the Lord himself, uh, so chooses. And for whatever reason it would be, but it says here, not that Satan appeared, uh, in the flesh, but he appeared in the spirit. Okay. The second theory is uh well before I get to the second theory, let me make one more point about these uh fallen angels of Nephilim, also meaning giants. That kind this kind of leads me to to talk about the mark that was put on Cain. Do you remember when the Lord put the mark on Cain and uh he said I will put a mark on you so anyone finding you will not kill you. I really do not understand what the mark is, but here's a possibility. Could it be that the possibility was that the mark that was put on Cain was that Cain was a giant? I, I mentioned in that chapter that how would anyone know what this mark is? If Cain strode into a village and let's say the Lord uh, put a mark on his forehead, How would anyone know that that mark means not to kill him or a mark in his hand or whatever it may be? How would anyone know unless the Lord actually said, hey, everyone in this town, uh, you cannot touch this man. So I thought about uh, this theory. What if uh, Cain was a giant? Because we know that there were giants in the land. Could it be that one of the reasons that no one would kill him would be because uh, Cain could have been seven feet tall he could have he could have maybe been the first giant and there was nobody walking around on the earth as big as him he could have been seven eight nine feet tall and that could have been the mark that uh, was put on him now I'm not saying this uh, theory is fact because in order for this to happen it means that God who is sovereign and he could do it would have at this point of time he would have had to instantly make Cain this giant or he could have put it in Cain in the next two to three years to grow to be this big because before this, it didn't actually say that Cain was a giant, but that's just a theory I'm throwing in there because of the Nephilim. Okay. Uh, different theory, different theory. Number two, the sons of God are from the line of Seth, the Messiah's bloodline and the daughters of men are from Cain's line. Now this could possibly be so that, uh, that the sons of God they're talking about here are from Seth's line because uh in Luke when they trace uh Jesus genealogy backwards it says uh Adam uh the son of God so Adam was actually called the son of God because he wasn't born he was created so it's a possibility that when it says the sons of God these could be Seth's uh relatives and they are mating with Cain's bloodline, okay? Now notice it says in those days and afterwards. Okay? The giants were in the land. They were then and afterwards. Now we're coming up to the flood. So the afterwards to me has to be the flood because the subject here is is the flood that's going to come. All right? Now, uh let me cross-reference that. Uh turn a couple of chapters, uh, not a couple of chapters, a couple of books over to numbers 13. Okay, turn with me to Numbers chapter 13. Okay, and I'm going to read verses 32 and 33. And it reads, So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone and spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. There also, we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in theirs. Now, the reason why I jumped there is because I want to make the point that uh, here in Numbers, this is after the flood and they're still talking about the Nephilim and the giants. So the point I want to make is, is that we know that when we get to the next chapter that there was only eight that went on to the ark. So out of those eight, either one or more of them had to be giants, had to be these giant humans, or they had it in their bloodline. Because it said in these times and afterwards, because remember, uh, in a, in another chapter, everybody on the earth, except for Noah, his wife, his three sons and their three wives are going to be uh, wiped off of the earth. All right. Now, uh, some people think that this notion of giants in the land is a biblical myth, but I actually want to read a old news article that talks about giants being in the land. Uh, I found this news article. This news article, I want to say, was written somewhere in the late, uh, maybe the last 30 to 40 years of the uh, 19th century, uh, which is the 1800s. I apologize that I actually don't know. Uh, what paper i got this out of but i uh, went to a website that uh archives old newspapers and the title is uh days of the giants gone and then the subtitle says skeletons of ancient times which showed men were of enormous stature that's something you can google so you can look this up for yourself and it's a little blurry but i'm gonna do my best to read uh what it says it says the past was more prolific in the production of giants than the present in 1831 of these giants who was exhibited at Royan was 10 feet high and the giant Galibra brought from Arabia to Rome in a time of Claudius Caesar was of the same height uh, Phantom who lived in the time of Eugene the second was 11 and a half feet in height uh, the chevalish uh, Scrooge in his journey to the peak Pennera found in one of the caverns of that mountain, the head of a giant who had 60 teeth and was not less than 15 feet high. The giant Ferragus slain by Orlando, the nephew of Charlemagne, according to reports was 28 feet high in 1814 near St. Janard was found a tomb of the giant, uh, Isolant who was not less than 30 feet high in 1590 near Royan was found a skeleton whose head held a bushel of corn and was 19 feet in height. The giant Bucret was 22 feet high. In 1623 in the castle of uh, uh, Dubin, a tomb was found 30 feet long, 16 feet wide, and 8 feet high, on which were cut in gravestones the words Kenta locius rex the skeleton was found uh entire in measure 25 and a fourth feet high 10 feet across the shoulders and five feet from the breastbone to the back but france is not the only country where giant skeletons have been unearthed near Palermo, sicily in 1516 was found the skeletons of a giant 30 feet high and in 1559 another 44 foot high near Magrino in the same island in 1816 was found a skeleton of a giant of 30 feet whose head was the size of a hedgehog and each tooth weighed five ounces now i'm sorry for my choppy reading there but like i said that was a this is a uh it's on the blurry uh paper so i kind of read it to the the best i could but one more time if you want to look that up for yourself the title says Days of the Giants Gone, subtitle Skeletons of Ancient Times, which showed men were of, of enormous stature. And it was in a paper called Newport News Directory. Well, I want to read that because I want to make the uh touch on the fact that I don't believe that these giants were a myth. I mean, in just the last two to 300 years we have evidence of giants okay uh even nowadays we still have remnants of the giants if you are a basketball fan and you remember George Miroson who played for the Washington Bullets he was seven foot seven Manu bowl was seven six uh Sean Bradley seven five uh y'all mean just uh, just uh who played sometime around uh 2002 to maybe 2008 he was seven five uh, so we have a lot of uh, remnants of uh, of giants, even in our time. Uh, one such giant would be Robert uh, Watlow, uh born February 22, 1918 in Alton, Illinois. He died uh, July 15, 1940, in Manistee, Michigan, which is my state. Uh, he was recorded to be eight foot eleven now i actually saw the pictures of this gentleman and when i was doing the research on giants i I remember being in school seeing the pictures of this man who was eight foot eleven now he died in 1940 as i'm recording this uh lesson right now it's the year 2015 okay so we're talking about not even a hundred years ago that this man was eight foot eleven and walked on the earth okay now uh There has always been reports that the Smithsonian Museum has found uh, these bones or when uh, archaeologists have dug these bones up and these skeletons up that the Smithsonian uh, has come in and covered them up. Well, why is that? Why wouldn't you want to display when somebody if somebody found a 30 foot tall man or human being? Well, my uh, belief is this. I believe that the Smithsonian, if it's true that they cover these things up, is because they would discredit the theory of evolution. And we know that they're pro theory of evolution, and this would uh destroy it, it would definitely discredit it. So they would have reason to uh to want to cover this up, all right. Now you have to understand something about uh Seth's bloodline, okay. Uh, when we talk about uh when we talk about Seth's bloodline, when I mentioned a little while ago, and uh the sons of God being the line of Seth. Well, we know that eventually that's going to be the bloodline of the Christ. Okay. So we have to talk about Lamech who was in the same bloodline, who was also a murderer. And God said that he would bring or he would not bring a redeemer through, uh, a corrupt people he would have to bring it through a non-corrupt people okay so I also believe this is some of the reason why uh the earth is going to be destroyed and the Lord is going to wipe it out okay I spend a lot of time on verse four let's move on to uh verse five which reads then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually uh, mankind like today was doing nothing but evil all the time. That's what the Lord is seeing. Now, uh, God was disappointed with his creation. Verse six says the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. Now, I want to cross reference this in first uh, Samuel. So uh, turn over to first Samuel chapter 15, first Samuel chapter 15 and i will read uh verse 29 first samuel 15:29 and it reads also the glory of israel will not lie or change his mind for he is not a man that he should change his mind the reason why I want to read that verse is because it says that the Lord was sorry that he had made man and he was grieved in his heart. Now, the reason I wanted to read that was because, uh, The Lord doesn't have emotions like us, but something was stirred up the Lord that He was sorry that He made man. And I want to read that verse out of 1 Samuel because He is not a man that He should change His mind. In other words, that the Lord didn't make us and then say, "Uh Oh, I I changed my mind. I made a mistake. But I think the Lord was just sorrowful because of the behavior of men in that time, much like it is today. Okay. Now in verse 7, we see that the Lord. Uh, that God plans to wipe the slate clean. Verse seven, the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals, to creeping things and to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. And it was so verse eight though, a bright spot, but God found favor, excuse me, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord the word favor Hebrew word 2580 also means grace uh, turn over uh, one book go to Exodus uh, 33 17 Exodus thirty three seventeen. 17 I want to uh, cross reference right there Exodus thirty three seventeen 17 says the Lord said to Moses I will also do this thing of which you have spoken for you have found favor in my sight and I have known you by name so the same way that Noah uh, found favor in the Lord's sight, we see that uh, Moses, who was actually the uh, writer of this book, also found favor in the Lord's sight. Verse nine. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. Now, I want to point out something here like Eliak before him, he walked with God. But I also i like to point out that blameless does not mean sinless. None of us are sinless. So when the Lord looked at Noah and Noah found favor in his eyes, I believe it's because Noah was probably one of the only people, if not the only person trying to serve the Lord. Not that Noah, remember Noah wasn't sinless. It said that he was blameless. And this is why the Lord chose him. Also too, he, he chose him out of that line of Seth that we uh, run down here. Okay. Verse 10, Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Okay, Noah had three sons. Now, uh, they will go on the boat with him. Okay, I believe that's the reason why it's it's keeping our our memory fresh. The earth was corrupt and violent. Verse 11, now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. Yes, it was. uh, Pretty much uh, like it is uh, today. And we see uh, in the next verse that all humans are humans are sinners. Verse 12. God looked on the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Okay. Uh, to tie in with that, we are going to cross reference again. So stay in the Old Testament and go to Psalms, the book of Psalms, chapter 14, book of Psalms, chapter 14. Okay. And I read and I will read verses one through three. Psalms fourteen one through three says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have committed abominable deeds. There is no one who does good. The Lord has looked down from heaven upon the sons of men to see if there are any who understand who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together, they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. And I wanted to point that out to show you that the Lord, uh, you know, that Noah was might have been blameless, okay, but blameless does not mean that he was sinless, okay. Verse thirteen. Then God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I'm about to destroy them with the earth. OK, I believe that Elohim literally spoke to Noah. I don't believe this does not say that Noah saw in the vision that Noah had in a dream. I believe that when something like this is going down, that the Lord himself literally spoke to Noah. Verse 14. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. You shall make the ark with rooms and shall cover it inside and out with pitch. Uh the word pitch, Hebrew word thirty-seven twenty-four, is asphalt or a type of God gives specific instructions here. Verse 15. This is how you shall make it. The length of the ark three hundred cubits, is breadth fifty cubits, and its height thirty cubits. Okay. If this was a standard qubit of 18 inches, that would make the arc 450 feet long by 75 feet wide by 45 feet high. To give you an example, a football field is 360 feet long, including the end zones. So the arc was the length of a football field plus 90 more feet uh, according to Dr. Henry Morris, the ark could hold more than 500 livestock, providing space for thousands of animals, and Noah more than likely uh, collected small animals of the largest species, like uh, elephants, hippos, giraffes. Uh, verse 16. You shall make a window for the ark and finish it to a cubic from the top and set the door of the ark in the side of it. You shall make it with lower second and third decks. So now the Lord is giving specific instructions for what it is he wants here. Verse 17 will continue. Behold, I, even I am bringing the flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall perish. Now with that I'm going to cross reference we're going to go uh to the New Testament. Go to uh 2nd Peter chapter 2. Turn to 2nd Peter chapter 2. All right. 2nd Peter 2 I'm going to read verses four and five, which says for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. So that is a cross reference kind of uh, looking at it from the New Testament uh, standpoint of of what's going on here okay now uh god shows grace and will keep what he said about the redeemer coming to save mankind verse 18 but i will establish my covenant with you and you shall enter the ark you and your sons and your wife and your sons wives with you okay uh notice uh what humans going to the ark okay uh and there's a reason i'm bringing that up okay there's eight going into the ark because i have actually heard a theory that said that some of the nephilim survived the flood because they were so big and somehow they, they were able to manage so somehow they survived the flood but we see here the eight that are going into the ark okay Now uh, we see next that uh, God did not say any other humans could come aboard, but was speaking of his animal creation. Verse 19 And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Notice male and female, okay? Okay, verse 20 Of the birds after their kind, and of the animals after their kind. Of every creepy thing of the ground after its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. Notice God says they sh- they shall come to you. Now, I want to point that out because there are those who believe that uh, Noah collected these uh, animals, but it said that they shall come to him. So my belief is that the Lord actually rounded up these animals and they came to Noah when Noah uh, went above uh, the ark. Apparently, Nora brought fruits and vegetables with them. But what about meat? Verse 21. As for you, take for yourself some of all food which is edible and gather it to yourself. And it shall be for food for you and for them. Uh, The word food, Hebrew word 3978, means fruit, veggies and food. Okay. And then we, uh, verse 22, we come to this end, Noah was obedient. Verse 22, does Noah did according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. That was Genesis uh, chapter 6. Uh, we come to the end here. Uh, Noah was given. The, Noah is given the instructions by God, and when we pick it back up at verse, I mean, no, I'm sorry, chapter seven, uh, we will uh, dive into the flood. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for. Thank you for the privilege of reading and teaching your word. We praise you. We thank you, and we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.